What do the iPhones 14 and iOS 16 mean for Apple's future? This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Download the free ZocDoc app at ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. As we wrap up our look at the new features of iOS 16 and the iPhones 14, we take a little bit broader view of what their features and the development of existing features means to the future of the Apple platforms. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Yeah, so 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 mentally, what I'm trying to figure out is: is this something new? Or is this something that's an you know that's an improvement you know that will you know that make it easier to do something we're already able to do and you know, people will either become very passionate about it and love it or you know it just uh, is you know irrelevant to them depending on you know how they react to it. I'm I'm trying to figure out you know sort of what is the nature of the innovation here in terms of how people are using the device. But to your point, there's notifications that come out that, you know, if you don't have this on, they they do pop out. You see the light, you know, something happened. But how nice is it to, you know, how bad is it when you see that and you look over and your phone went back to sleep? Now you have to move. Oh, my it. God. Yeah, you have to touch it. You know, I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. It, but, that's, you know. that's a, but that's, I mean, fine. You, you want to talk about things like that, you know, you talk about accessibility, you talk about emergency situations, you talk about things uh-huh. like, yeah, oh my, oh my God, you have to touch it, but who knows, right? And and Mark, you know, one of the widgets that I haven't tried, tried out for any length of time, because I don't really care about, you know, the headlines, but there is an Apple News widget. So I'm assuming that that's going to throw up, um, you know, the the most recent story or, or two or three you know, that's that's at the top of the headlines at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what this turns it into is is a bit of a, a, a well, it's an information device. It's it's a billboard kind of thing that this is the information that's going to be there. The difference is it's not static. It's it's always up to up to date. So, you know, yeah, if you turn can, it off, there's nothing if, if you can, like the, I think this like the dynamic island, it seems to me it's uh, the way I think about it, again, not having experience, you know, is that, you know, this is providing more plasticity in terms of how to mold the phone to interact with you the way you want to see stuff. It's not dramatically adding new capability. It's uh, it's personalizing how you get to see stuff, you know, that is already there, albeit, you know, one touch, you know, or, or mm-hmm. touch, swipe away. Yeah, I've been waiting for this for years. I'm 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 ecstatic. I I love it. But Mark, your word "dramatically" is is an interesting word because I don't think it is a dramatic thing, but it is at least so far. I found it to be very useful and very desirable. Um, So, I mean, none of the things so far, at least, are like things that are unique to the always on display or to the lock screen. All of the information is somewhere else, but it's easier to access mm-hmm. i like the the part where you know if you're in like a conference room or something with other people um mm-hmm. right now if you take and you wiggle your phone or tap it or whatever to, to quick read something you get this glaring bright yeah bring everybody's attention to you 
The always on is nice and dim. It doesn't change. It's always there. So I've got, you know, a bunch of status things that are sitting up there. I can okay. see it. I know what the time is. I know what the current date is. Um, and I have like battery levels that is, is perfect. All the things that kind of bother me, make me want to reach for my phone and quick check. It's already there. I don't have to touch anything. It doesn't have a big spotlight thing that goes off drawing attention to me while I try not to have to contribute. And I'll bring you another Yeah, I'll bring you yeah. another point, you know, uh, Eric, you know, just just be devil's advocate because I think I think this this group of people in in years past have pointed out that one of the benefit of the iPhone is you have a, a subtle little device you can look at and gaze at stuff without drawing mm -hmm. attention to everybody in your meeting. Uh -huh. So is this pendulum swinging back the other way that now we can do the same thing you know, on the on, on the phone? Yeah. Yes, and, and, and that's one of hmm. and that's one of the reasons why um, when notifications like where like you might have your notifications in in this work mode set in a way that they don't like pop up and brighten up your screen, but they're still there. You can glance at them while you're in a meeting without anybody even noticing that there was a new notification. It's the first feature in a while that makes people realize you have the newest phone too. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's true. That it's, it's, it's very noticeable. In fact, I, the first week I turned it off because my wife would start asking questions of why my phone is doing that. So I, I turned it off. And when I ease her into the fact that I bought this phone, I'll turn it back on. <laughs> when she's here. Um, so, so it's definitely something that doesn't look like past iPhones, right? And it, you know, it, it's, it's a new feature. I Just tell her it's a software software upgrade. Well, I, I thought about that too, but then, <laughs> then, I'll up, then I'll update hers to iOS 16 and she'll say, well, turn mine on now. I'm like, like okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to, Webb, I wanted you to bring up your, your case issue because I thought that was an interesting one and I really hadn't thought about it. Because um, you had mentioned before what kind of case you use. Oh, yeah. This may, this may affect how you, how you feel about this. It, it, it the, the, under the topic of the always on feature, um, like, like I said, I use a wallet case. Uh, so the, the always on feature doesn't impress me much because I have the, the face of the phone covered. Um, but then again, I never thought that I'd like the always on feature of the Apple Watch. And I like that a lot. So, you know, habits can change. But uh, right now, the always on feature is not anything that I get real excited about. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and and to, sort of to Patrice's point, and in response to uh, to Mark's question, up till now, I mean, it's been a, it was a game changer to have messages or texts or notifications come in on my watch, and I could surreptitiously look down and see it. But you know, that can only be so surreptitious. Um, here, if if the phone is sitting right there in front of you and your watch pulses, now you don't have to look at the watch; you can look over at your phone with the always on. Uh, screen and see what's going on. So, I, I, I mean, talk about first world problems, folks. But you know, so so again, Chuck, this raise makes me think. You know, uh, is this Apple just testing new sort of features and interaction modes in preparation for the much talked about and hypothesized, you know, Apple AR VR glasses of some sort? That you know, now we can see. Yes, a little thing. You know. 
you know, Apple, Apple down two points or Apple up two points, you know, so, you know, holy crap, I got to go call my broker or, you know, whatever your notification is that, uh, uh, you know, if this this is just an experimental, uh, you know, mechanism to roll out new features to get people used and accustomed to them so that, you know, when they already have, so that at whatever hypothetical future date, if this thing ever gets rolled out, you know, they can say, oh, and you already know how to use it. You know, it has all the features that you've known and loved for, you know, years in, you know, iOS 16 through iOS whatever. Uh, Mark, you know, I don't think there's any question that they'll be gathering information. You know, how many how many of us put the stock widget in? How many of us, and which stock widget? Because there are a couple. Um, how many of us put the, the, the temperature in? How many put the, uh, the, the headlines of the day in? You know, so I, I so I think that that will be in potentially useful information, at least from a popularity standpoint, so that they know where to focus their efforts. Um, you know, because I mean, would I want to walk around with you know, a, a stock widget here all the time and a weather widget over here all the time in my field of view? And as I turn, it would turn with me. So it's always in my field of view. I'm not, I'm not sure. I kind of doubt it, but depending on what you do for a living, maybe. And and you know you could decide okay do I want something that, like dynamic island that you know up, comes in pops up and you know shrinks and expands as you know data output is necessary or do I want a screen that presents it and displays it you know you know they can pre-train people to you know all these modes of interacting with you know something that's directly in their visual field and and you know the word dynamic I mean we all kind of laughed about this is this is such a terrible name. But it really does communicate the capabilities of this so that it's not like what what we've had in the past where the the notifications have been really relatively big and obnoxious. You know, now there's a potential to have them just show up very small and expand as the space is needed and then disappear after maybe a set period of time um, that you may maybe you can set that, maybe not. So I, I think it's I think it's a really in, interesting way of looking at things, and you know, will it will it catch on? I mean, so far it seems like everybody here really liked it, and we're just anxious to see what else can be done with it. So. My my most favorite part of that is that you can have the battery status of your watch, because while you're wearing the watch, it's easy to see you know how much battery you have left, but if you wear it all the time and use it for sleep tracking, there are moments where you get a short time window and you need to charge it. I can take it off, throw it on the charger, and the phone right there on the, the front screen tells me, yep, it's 80% charged or it's 100% charged. I can see it right there. Um, and I walk around with the, the magnetic battery. So it also will switch over and it'll show me the charge on the battery without having to go somewhere else to go try and figure out how much charge do I have or having to take the battery off, put it back on again to look. So just charge levels of devices, that's been extremely helpful. Will it show you your AirPods too? And can I just mention something what Mark said though? Yeah, hang on, on, Warren. Let let Eric answer and then go. Eric? Yeah, I, I haven't tried the AirPods part yet. So I'm I'll look and let you know, Jim. Okay. Warren? So, you know, 
Mark's right. I mean, everything that things are getting redundant. You could do things, you, you could check all the things on your watch that you could check on your phone and vice versa. And is Apple just kind of like gearing up to some one master operating system where everybody knows what it looks like and it's all going to be the same kind of design language and, you know, things like that. And that's probably, yeah. But, you know, while <laughs> while Eric was talking, I'm like, he's, you know, he's like, yeah, I could look at my watch and get all of my batteries from my you know, status from my phone and all that stuff. And like in a second, we were, were we talking about the phone again or we're talking, I mean, it's crazy because it's basically you could see every device information from every Apple device at this point. So, you know, is it a good thing or is it, you know, are you losing, are you losing the identity of what that device actually does at some point? I warned I I guess I would I would submit to you though that that's the development of the Apple infrastructure, that it doesn't matter what what device I'm on, I'm going to have access to essential what what will be for me essential or in necessary desired information, no matter which device I have, I can get that information. So and I'm it's not mostly forced- the same. Right. It's mostly the same information on every device that you're looking at for the most part. Yeah. So Apple's like, Apple's like, we're just going to throw as many screens in front of them that has this kind of information and hopefully they buy them all. But it's only theory, redundant if you're looking at multiple places, though. If you don't have a watch, you're probably only looking at your computer or at your phone at one time. <laughs> right. But like Steve, we're we're not normal, is what I'm saying. Steve Jobs, I think, said something to the effect as the best computer is the one that's in front of you that you're staring at, or something like that. Um, and and that's what Apple's doing. Basically, you got your Mac, you got your iPad, you got your phone and your watch, and that succession of bigness and order and convenience of how easy it is to get to that device and look at it and and see it and interact with it. So you're always going to gravitate human human nature is to gravitate to the easiest device you can get to to get that information as fast as possible. And that's what they're doing is basically, uh, you know, the watch right now is the closest thing to us that we could go look at for some information, but then we have to go bigger when it, you know, involves more work, you know, with that device, right? So then we'll go to the phone if we can't do what we could do on the watch and, you know, you'll go up until you hit your Mac. So, you know, so, it is a lot of overlap, but it's basically the Apple is saying we're putting all these devices of different shapes and sizes and interactions that all kind of do the same thing. And you're going to be able to get to whatever device you want to the quickest. And if you can't do what you need to do on that device, you're going to go bigger. And that's a whole argument, too, with the iPads versus Mac. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people want to stop at the iPad, you know, that chain um, from the, the, the watch to the phone to the iPad and not have to worry about a Mac. But some people can't do it. So, you know, it's can we one day do everything we want to do on the watch? Probably not. Can we one day do everything we want to do on the, the AR VR thing on our head? Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find local doctors who take your insurance at ZocDoc.com slash Mac Voices. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant getting delivery to your home. Search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. And while you want that ride or that delivery, you probably need that doctor's visit. 
Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices, find the doctor that's right for you, and book an appointment, in person or remotely, that works for your schedule. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you're heard. And isn't that exactly the kind of doctor that you really want? Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then, start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Thanks to ZocDoc for their support of MacVoices. You know, I think it almost also depends on the attitude you approach it with. If the attitude you want to approach it with is, yeah, Apple's just trying to sell us everything, so they're slapping information everywhere, okay, then that's fine. You're not going to find it desirable. But if you if you've bought into the Apple ecosystem and you utilize this stuff, then yeah, it, in fact, it would be. I'd have to think about it a little bit, but it would be nice to be able to say these are the five pieces of information that I find useful, and I want to sync that across my watch, my phone, my iPad, my Mac. Um, what else do I have? My Apple TV, maybe. You know, so that those are going to be five pieces of information that show up for me, or an audio and, version. Or not even. Yes, thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, or you know, for the Apple glasses. So you know, right now you Sorry. have to go and set everything manually. But if I had that kind of setting, would that be advantageous? I kind of think it might be. So Apple, I mean, Apple obviously tried with the personal assistant before you know getting to the point of the, the watching the glasses. Right, that was a whole concept of being able to get as much information into your ear as possible with you know with with siri and it didn't it's it's not a great system if you watch it i know i brought it up before but if you watch the movie her um with um joaquin phoenix basically the the computers of the future are personal assistants and all he has is a thing in his ear and he could do everything from that you know pretty much everything and then you know you walk you know, if you walk past the screen, you could get information on the screen and it kind of connects to that, you know, your, your computer in your ear. But that's that was a goal. That was a goal of Apple and a lot of people at some point with this personal assistant where you could do almost everything in it. And then they realized, well, you can't really do everything in it. So now we're working. Not on yet. <laughs> Not yet. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about you go the whole way back to the Knowledge Navigator video which was pure fantasy. And in fact, I don't think any of us realized how much fantasy it was at the time. But we're we're getting there. You know, we're getting there in fits and starts, slow but sure, two steps forward, one step back, but we're getting there. I just hope I live long enough to see it myself. Yeah, no, I I like to see a lot of that on some of this discussion about you know these different types of devices. And uh in, instead of being cynical and thinking that oh, Apple just wants to sell us, you know, a lot more stuff, instead we should look at it, what is the unique benefit and purpose of each device and yes there is overlap and it seems that what apple's trying to do is make seamless uh the interoperability data portability etc between devices when there is overlap because um to use analogy uh it's a screwdriver is great for screwing in screws but sometimes when you need it turning around it could make a make do hammer as well so you know, similarly for you know these various uh, you know computer devices with and without screens that we have, um, they have maybe each their own center of sweet spot of what it's good for, 
but you know they're not you, you they're they're not uh, disjoint you know they overlap in uh in various ways so that uh you know i notice sometimes you know just as an example getting text messages if it's short and sweet i'll look at it on the on my watch if i can see oh i'm going to have to scroll i immediately whip you know out my phone and read it there because that way I can i can see oh this is a five paragraph message you know where contextually uh you just couldn't see that on the phone uh, sorry on your watch so um you know i think um you know i think we're seeing a lot of uh, sophistication in terms of you know better tailoring how we want to interact and get information from each of our uh, various devices so um uh i'm really intrigued to see you know how it grows and evolves Mark, though you uh, you reminded me of something that over the weekend, um, it's it's not a feature I use frequently, but when it's convenient, it, it really is super useful. I was in my car and I have CarPlay in the car, and somebody sent me a text message, basically asking me when I was going to arrive. And so I told the S lady to read it to me because I could see a you know message popped up on the screen, but not the message itself, just a, a green notification. Right. So read me the message. She read me the message. Do you want to reply? Yes. Um, and I think this is, I don't know if this is new in 16, because I didn't remember having this option before. Then she read my response. I, I took, dictated the response. She asked me if I wanted to change or send the message. And I said, send and did. And so I had a whole text conversation driving down the road and never touched anything. Yeah, there's so, a little has, bit of a change to it. I mean, yeah, I experienced that too. Yeah, but it but yeah. it has been around for like four or five years at least. Oh yeah, but but Patrice, yeah. it's it's become it's become much more reliable, mm -hmm. um, and and you know much better. So that's what I mean by you know making progress here. We all want it to be Star Trek, you know, out of the gate, and it's not going to be. You know, we just we have to be a little bit patient and, and try to get there. But if you're if you're not taking advantage of all these all these little features and experimenting with them and see what fits, everyone doesn't have to fit you. You know that that I, I, I'm afraid we all fall victim to that. Mm -hmm. Well, this is this feature is trash because it doesn't really affect me. You know, Brittany is Brittany has taught. I'm going to say me. I won't take credit for or characterize it for anybody else. Brittany has taught me a lot, though, about the some of the accessibility features and why they're important for people that have challenges that that I don't, that I'm lucky enough not to. So but everyone's you know, going to have a different challenge, right? Like as you get older, I got news. Your vision doesn't get better. Hmm, and, you know, like everybody has a different struggle, whether or not they feel like they have an official disability or even just a preference. Like, you know, I get a little motion sickness with the thing shrinking i mean i don't but somebody does um you know some people don't like the uh some of the new screen features because they don't work well with their stomach for whatever reason um it's their brain but anyway um doesn't work for them and so it, how cool is it that we can do things to fit our preferences whether or not they have an official title mm-hmm something as simple as dark mode i mean it took a long time to get there but how many of how many of us run dark mode on a regular basis all the time Every night i do all that's all i run 24 7 yeah mm -hmm. so i never run it there's not enough contrast and i can't see anything 
It's okay. a perfect example. Everybody's you, different. Yeah. Right. So the same reason why my watch is grayscale. I think it's grayscale. Grayscale. Mm-hmm. That's I, I do if it all the sometimes just there, to save battery. See. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? So the panel is an example of, it's a little microcosm of, you know, why you should get out there and experiment. Well, guys, we got to, ex- we, we, iOS uh, or mm-hmm. iPhone 16 and our iPhone 14 and iOS 16. And that's as far as we got, but I think it was, it was an interesting conversation. I want to thank everybody for showing up and definitely thanks to the chat room. Um, they've been throwing just occasional comments in. I guess we've just been so mesmerizing that they've been kind of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's my story I'm sick to it yeah so let's go around the room let folks know where they can find you and then we'll uh, get out of here uh, and I'm going to flip it around and start with at the bottom this time with Brittany um, Britt thank you so much for being here glad you were able to hang in with us um, where can we find you thanks for having me you can find my nerdy tweets at ADD Liberator on Twitter and on YouTube, you can find my things also, ADD Liberator. Today, I posted about how iOS 16 has uh, finally finished ruining my notification center. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, something to look forward to after we get off the air. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Thank you, Brittany. Um, Mr. Fuccio, are you or are you not running for office? Oh, I'm definitely not running for office, but okay. uh, I'll make ingratiating comments. I'd like to, you know, you know, welcome uh, Eric and uh, Webb to our panel, and uh, you know, I think we'll have great uh, discussions going forward in the future. Yeah, Thank I, you, Mark. I should I should announce that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that Eric and and Webb are now officially members of the panel. They're not just guests, um, so you'll be seeing a lot more of them. Um, but I'm not sure how often Webb will show up in a tie. But hey, he's. <laughs> It's an element of class. Depends on Mark, how much where, he has to do battle. You, yeah. <laughs> what, what time is it, Ladder Web? <laughs> uh, um, Mr. Fuccio, where can folks find you? Uh, easiest way to contact me is Twitter at M A R K F U C C I O, at Mark Fuccio, or lowercase, or via LinkedIn. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Patrice, thank you so much for staying up one last time with us. Uh, maybe maybe we'll see you back again around the holidays because that's sort of the yeah. way it seems to work out. Um, what's the best place for uh, folks to contact you? Well, um, you can find me every week on the British Tech Network on Thursdays for the big show uh, where we talk about everything that is not Apple and on Fridays with Chuck as well um, and some other and Dave and Jeff and some other cool people for the Mac show um, where we talk about the Apple stuff. Everything I'm doing, all the like social media links, the like projects, podcasts, all of that you can find on thebatteries.com. And if you want to listen to something not tech related, um, I have an interview show called Foodie Flashback where we talk about food and food related stories and memories. Thanks for being here, Patrice. Appreciate it. Jim Ray, staying away from the front lines. Uh, What's the best place to find you? Um, Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, ProView.com, P-R-O-V-U-E. And on Twitter, at ProViewGym. 
Thank you, Jim. Good to see you. Mr. Squar, um, if you pay us enough money, we won't tell your wife that you bought a new phone. <laughs> I, I, I barely get to talk There's to her. There's not enough money in the world for that. <laughs> I, I, I barely get to communicate with her, let alone you guys, so I'm not worried about it. So, uh, She's a busy lady. Um, where, where can we find you, Warren? Um, when I'm when I'm free to uh, podcast, I'll do this show and uh, uh, Dave's uh, show on Thursday. Uh, the Back to the Future uh, group is actually popping. Somebody posted a recommendation to go there in one of the groups, and we got like hundreds of people. So that's good. Um, and everybody's talking about their new toys. So it's a fun place if you want to do that. Otherwise, uh, thanks for having me. Great. Thank you. Webb, thank you for showing up. I know your iPhone uh, 14-less right at the moment, but you'll you'll be making for that up times two in the next week or so. Uh, I'm not iPhone challenged. I still got my my 13s. Yeah. They're working just fine. So Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. Um, what's the best way for folks to contact you? Probably the best way is uh, Twitter at, at Webb Bixby, um, one word, W-E-B-B-I-X-B-Y, and on uh, Facebook. Web Bixby, two words, W-E-B and B-I-X-B-Y. That's it. Great. Thank you, Web. Good to see you. And as Mark said, welcome to the panel. Mr. Eric, the man with the grayscale watch. I just learned something. I didn't I didn't even think about having a grayscale watch. I got to go check the settings. Um, yeah, what's well, the best place? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can be reached at uh, on Twitter at e a b o l d e n e a bolden. Um, yeah, that's the easiest. Okay, great, and welcome to the panel with you to you as well. Glad to have you. Thanks. Last but absolutely not least, Mr. David Ginsburg. David, um, I'm glad that you're continuing your recovery. Where can folks find you? Thanks for having me, Chuck, uh, and thank you. Uh, you could find me at InTouchBioS at InTouchBioS.com. Chuck will actually be on the show this week, which I'm looking forward to. Um, you also find our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash InTouchBioS. Uh, I'm on the, the Mac show on Fridays on the British Tech Network, as uh, Patrice mentioned, as well as on Twitter at DaveG65. Thanks. Thank you, David. Good to see you. So one more time, thanks again to the chat room. Good to see you all. Um, folks, if you've been joining us live, we do this every Tuesday nights. This is Mac Voices Live at youtube.com slash Mac Voices TV. We'd love to have you in the chat room uh, talking, throwing comments and questions and your thoughts too. Until next week, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.